0: reality radio for a really great future
1: we're talking real money hello again welcome to another edition of talking real money the daily show i'm don mcdonald back on a regular old schedule the real world is uh is is back again yeah that's okay that's a good thing i kind of like it (laughs) It it was fun being on a workation but uh, give me the give me my normal studio my normal mic my normal big mac not the hamburger but the macintosh the 27 incher i'm a happy camper and we're going to talk today about money of course that's what we do on each one of these and take a bunch of calls because i'm trying to get caught up today we have three calls uh, i call today's uh, caller segment the bob because it's all bobs all the time i'm just taking them in order it wasn't fixed that way just a coincidence actually i think two of them are the same bob but different questions but i want to start with and and i i read all of these that you guys send i don't respond but i read them sometimes i'll respond but usually i respond on the podcast and this is one of those where it's please answer my question on a future podcast one which i'm going to do i received this on saturday after the show so i assume this guy listens to the show live in connecticut even though we just broadcast in in seattle washington in that area so i'm going to read you this note the subject of the note is get real and i'm going to correct all of the typos not going to read the typos just going to read it to you as is you ready well i may pause and interject so i'll let you know when it's an interjection here's the message you guys always tout, quote, do it yourself and quote, advisors aren't worth it, unquote, and aren't fiduciaries. Then today, you just said, quote, you can't gut it out and need, quote, you need data, unquote. Reading it verbatim. What gives? You're slagging advisors who bust their asses for their clients. You tout your own shop, meanwhile, and you ram Vanguard down everyone's throat. Disclose what's really going on, and you'll avoid a shipload, S-H-I-P-L-O-A-D, of hypocrisy and misinformation. Now, this comes to us from a guy named Jim. He actually gave me his last name, Calhoun. And his email address is at uconn.edu now i don't know this but i looked him up and i went wait is that the university of connecticut basketball coach (laughs) former i don't know if it is but man jim did you like leave basketball and go into the brokerage industry apparently you didn't listen very carefully but i'm going to try and explain it for you and everyone else uh all of you if you want to listen to this the episode he's talking about um it should be well it'll be popping up either wednesday or thursday as one of the next podcast no tuesday wednesday or thursday depending on when the editing gets done so let's just start with we always tout do it yourself and advisors aren't worth it and they aren't fiduciaries yes we believe that some people are capable of doing it themselves and don't need advisors however we do believe that a lot of people do need advisors and we are bothered by the fact that according to market watch about 99 percent of financial advisors in quotes are not always required to act as fiduciaries that bothers me it should bother you why can't all of us in this industry act as fiduciaries we do and by the way we disclose and i'm going to disclose like crazy right now um today you said you can't just gut it out and what i actually said was you can't just use your gut to make financial decisions you need to base them on data that's what i said you guys can go listen to it uh i mean you gutting it out means toughen it out and that's different than gut reaction if i said gut it out i meant go by your by gut feelings you do need data yes i do slag as you said advisors who don't bust their asses for their clients i do I think that there are far too many of them who are more concerned about the next commission than about doing what's right for their client day in and day out. I see them way too often and have seen them for over 30 years. And occasionally we do tout our own shop. We are registered investment advisors, but we don't sit around saying, come to us, come to us. We usually say, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, go to Vanguard, go to Vanguard. So I guess we do ram Vanguard down everyone's throats, but there's a reason for that. The stuff that brokers sell can't compare, can't even come close to what Vanguard offers. As a matter of fact, even other no-load fund groups have trouble approaching vanguard's diversification and low fees and full disclosure do you want me to disclose what's really going on over the past 30 years and i know this for a fact because vanguard told me i have sent them billions of investor dollars by suggesting them on various shows how much has vanguard paid me in return exactly zero now in the in the spirit of full disclosure there was a period for a few months in the 1990s when Vanguard sponsored the Don McDonald show that was broadcast from Walt Disney World in Florida because it was a national financial show they paid us $8,000 a month to sponsor the show that was not for anything that was to buy commercials so yeah that's full disclosure um I'm baffled Jim as to where the hypocrisy lies and i am confident that we try to avoid any form of misinformation and if a mistake is made we do correct it on the air so if you could let me know um, what is hypocritical about what i said we do believe that a lot of people need help we want them to get that help from a ready gym, a fee only registered investment advisor who is not dual registered and who will sign a document that says, I am always required to act in your best interests. That's all. I don't think that's hypocrisy because we'll do it. That shop that we very rarely tout, we'll do it. Why can't everybody do that? You know why, Jim? Because they're greedy. It's hard to make the most money you possibly can on the sale of a financial product when you're required to tell the truth. And the problem is, most aren't required to tell the truth. Oh, sure, they have to disclose it, but they only have to disclose it. In writing, in those prospectus things that you know as well as I do, nobody reads. Nobody reads them. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number. Eight five five nine three five eight two five five. If you have an opinion on this, please call. Leave a leave your information. If I need to talk to you more, I'll call you back. If not, I'll uh, put you on the podcast, or you can call the show live on Saturdays, unless we're preempted by football, as we will be on Saturday, the twenty first of September. So let's get uh, let's get some phone calls in eight five five nine three five talk and we'll start with Bob number one.
2: Hey, Don. This is Bob in Gig Harbor again. Got another question for you. I need an education, and I bet a lot of your listeners do. And uh, investing in mutual funds, uh, you know, I can look at uh, what the average one year, three year, five year re- return is on a on a uh, indexed fund. But what I don't understand is how do you compare expenses, expense ratios, and what all of those things mean.
1: An education on mutual funds is a great idea. Problem is, doing it on the radio or on a podcast is tough because it needs a visual component. But let me do it as best I can. Uh, Let's just, uh, the way I compare them, I go to morningstar morningstar morningstar.com and let's just type in i'm just going to type vanguard and see what it gives me as the first fund the first fund that it gives me is vanguard windsor so i'm going to go to vanguard windsor vanguard windsor investors w or vwndx it is a growth and income fund it's mainly a large cap growth fund Uh, And I'll show you how I know that. But the first thing I can do is right there on the first page, you asked about expense ratios and the very first page, it'll tell me the net asset value, the one day return, the total assets, 18 billion, the yield, according to the SEC calculation and the expense ratio of the fund, which in this case is 0.31 percent. I also can find out that the 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 load, the commission is zero, that they, oh, I'm sorry, it's a large value fund, that they invest in large cap value stocks, that they, have, they turn over about a third of their portfolio a year, and the minimum investment is $3,000. All of that is right at the top of the page. If I want, I can look at what their average annual return has been by clicking on the performance tab at the top of the screen. And as I go down that, I see that they're uh, five year return has been about 6% per year on average, 10 year about 11 and a half on average, and 15 year about 7.3 on average. Now that includes that 15 includes the 2008 market decline, so that's not terrible. The other thing I like to look at is the risk of the portfolio, and there are a number of numbers here, but really when I'm looking at risk, the thing that I want to know is how volatile is this fund how much does it bounce and bouncing is measured by something called standard deviation just to give you an example a standard deviation of two is a short-term bond a standard deviation of 20 something would be a small cap mutual fund of some sort this one windsor which is a large cap fund has a standard deviation of about just under 14 The S&P 500 has a standard deviation of about 12 and a half. So it's a little more volatile than the s and or about 12 and a quarter. It's a little more volatile than the S&P 500, uh, but a lot less volatile than more aggressive funds, much more volatile than bonds. One other thing that I like to look at is the portfolio. How is that balanced between U.S. and international? how is that balance between stock and bonds and for that i just go to the portfolio button at the top of the page and right away those numbers come up the vanguard windsor fund 91 percent in the u.s stock and five and a half percent in overseas stocks the other thing i can find out is by digging a little bit deeper i just scroll down the page and it has holdings and down there it says the holdings tells you how many stocks they own and Vanguard Windsor owns 130 stocks. For comparison, the S&P 500 is 500 stocks. Another comparison, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund is about 8500 stocks. So those are some of the important things you can look up on your own at Morningstar and it's actually really really easy to do. You don't have to look through all that other stuff, just just a few things that'll give you an overview that's valuable thanks for the call again the number is 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 and let's go to Bob again I think this is the same Bob again because he's from the same place but Bob go ahead
2: hey Don this is Bob in Gig Harbor thanks for taking my call Uh, I've been listening to your show for quite a while and I love the advice uh, that you're offering particularly with the two funds the uh, international fund VTWAX and the bond fund, VBTLX, uh, I want to put some significant money um, split into both of those in the uh, 70-30 split. But the VTWAX, uh, I go through uh, Fidelity, and it comes up not being able to buy into that fund. The message says that it's an advisor fund not available for retail trade. Uh, And when I... Talk to Fidelity. They say, yeah, this is just for large industrial accounts, and uh, individuals can't buy that. So, uh, not sure what to do, or if you have another uh, fund, international fund, that you can recommend in its stead, uh, that would just be great. Hey, thanks a lot. Bye bye.
1: Oh, that's really easy, Bob. Here's the easy answer: don't buy them through Fidelity. Fidelity's not going to sell them fidelity can't make money selling vanguard funds they just can't unless they charge you a big fat fee and they're wrong vtwax is available it is what's called an admiral share it's not institutional it's an admiral so it requires a ten thousand or it used to require ten thousand dollars to get in now it's only three and you can get it with no load and the very low fee it has which is 0.10 percent per year you see 0.10 percent per year leaves them with absolutely no room to pay anything to the brokerage firm so the brokerage firm would have to charge you a commission or a transaction fee to get into it save that i mean how valuable is it to be at fidelity the there are you could build the portfolio at fidelity but it'd be a little bit more work and i i'm not ready to go for the fidelity no fee funds yet there's just too many weird little things going on internally um i would just call vanguard or go online to vanguard.com and open an account over there and buy the funds there it's just really really easy appreciate you calling 855-935-8255. 855-935-8255. You can call that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call any I'd love to talk with you about this and answer your questions about money matters of any kind. And here is today's final Bob. Bobbing on in.
3: Hi, my name is Bob. Here's my question that could help a lot of government employees. I'm looking at retirement, and then I'm looking at the Thrift Savings Plan, and I'm looking at the income fund. And the income fund allegedly is supposed to be used for income when you're in retirement. What I don't understand is why does it adjust itself like a life cycle fund, the 2020, 2030, 2040 fund, when the income fund should be used for consistency of income? I just can't figure out why it would adjust itself. And if you go to the Thrift Savings Plan site, to the income fund, you can see for yourself that it does adjust itself, and I just can't figure that out. So if you can um, help me, what they're basing those adjustments on, it would be like market timing of some sort, but I don't get it. So um, thank you for your help, and uh, you guys have the greatest show. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks. Bye.
1: Well, we love the Thrift Savings Plan, and those are life strategy funds. I think that's what they call them let me look that up for a minute i'm pretty sure that's what they call the they're they're the the, you're talking i think you're talking about the l income fund and let's let's just pull up the l income fund here real quickly uh the tsp yeah the l income fund is one of their life cycle funds and it is the more conservative of the bunch it it is for those who are in retirement and looking to draw an income now that income is not going to be stable and they say so over and over and over again they're trying to get you a little bit better return but they have to take risk to do it they can't just be sitting in treasuries and have a uh, a return of five four or five percent three or four or five percent I count more on three what they do do it's not market timing i think you're confusing rebalancing with market timing they do daily rebalancing which is kind of weird but it's okay they rebalance back to their target allocation every single day they do it so inexpensively that it doesn't concern me a bit they have a super i was just talking about standard deviation their standard deviation is under four percent they have an annual compounded return of about four percent or so so what that says is because it's a relatively conservative fund, you should be able to withdraw three, maybe three and a half percent per year and rarely, if ever, suffer a dramatic decline in the portfolio. You will, though, suffer declines in this portfolio. You don't need to. This is one of the things that's nice about a fund like this is you don't need to do anything. It can be an all in kind of fund for somebody who's really conservative, not So conservative, they can't stand to lose anything for any period of time. But someone who's on the conservative side in the TSP, it's a good product. So they're not guessing. They're not playing with it. They're just rebalancing it to try to get to or try to not get a better return, but try to maintain the portfolio in the manner they intend it. And that is to be more bond oriented less stock oriented but you need some stocks in a portfolio to get the kind of returns most people want in retirement unless you're happy with two if you're happy with two you can go ladder cds for a while but if you want a little more this is a good place Appreciate your call too and all of your calls. And I'm going to keep trying to catch up on these calls with extra bonus sessions of Talking Real Money Daily. So keep calling, 855-935-Talk. Keep telling your friends about the show. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, particularly. That's the big one. We're trying there are they only list like the top 20 shows anymore. And we're not making the top 20. I want to make the top 20. I want to be up there with some of the other big names and who and bad advice givers so subscribe leave reviews those are great and just spread the word tell people to listen and call 855-935-TALK I'm Don McDonald thanks for listening
0: programs that say something similar, Talking Row Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and
2: disclosures. <laughs> that should keep the
0: lawyers happy.